Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash, they lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash. Succeed or fail, it has to the tell, dungeons and debacles starts now. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I am your host and dungeon master. Going around the table, John. Hello, I play Alunidas, the hero. <sighs> Not sure that's 100% correct, but we'll <laughs> roll with it. And Blake. I'm Blake, and I'll be playing Juliet, the Eldritch Knight slash Wizard Dragonborn. And hero. And Hannah. I'm Hannah, and I'll be playing Talia, the human rogue. Uh, also, not a hero, very much a villain. Embraces the shit out of that. <laughs> 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 and Shane. I am Shane playing Alexander the Human Bard. All right. So last time on Dungeons and Debacles podcast, um, you had made it out of the mountains and into Hill Plain on your way uh, to Fadel. You were accosted by some gnolls, which you dispatched fairly quickly. You took a rest and identified some of the items um, that you had gotten in previous encounters. And that's where you find yourselves now. Um, you rest through the night, and you've probably got another uh, half day to make it to the river, as far as you can tell. I think we should head toward the river. Should we rest first, though? Uh, I don't know who... Did we just rest? I thought we just got attacked by gnolls. Well, I'm assuming, like, when you were identifying all that, you guys were taking a rest. I don't know if you want to take a short oh, rest or gotcha. a long rest. Because you were doing those uh, identifies as uh, rituals? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we should take a short rest then. We could take a long rest, but I feel like tarrying is not a good idea when we might be being pursued. So we'll say that like when you were attacked by the gnolls, that was probably about midday. So you are probably five or six hours into your day after breaking camp and traveling okay sounds good so i guess we're going to continue making our way to the river it seems like there's a lot of forest on the way is that correct um right now you are in this big open plain of grassland um the grass comes up probably about your uh waist and chest talia it would definitely be coming up to her chest. That's why you had some trouble spotting the gnolls. Okay. I was thrown I prefer, off by uh, I prefer to uh, imagine her talking. little bat ears just barely poking a little grass. All right. So you find yourselves in this big open plain. You've got um, these tall pine trees to the southwest and the northeast of you. Uh, the plain itself here probably goes on for, you think, maybe from side to side maybe five miles or so that is a pretty wide area and we still have a long way to go uh with gnolls maybe we should go to the edge of the forest and then continue on our way yeah, gnolls aren't really 
big deer. Alright? Maybe we just put their heads on spikes and that'll scare the rest of them away. My friend's gonna say gnolls are evil and stupid. They travel in small packs. I don't know that would be any other gnolls around right now. That's good to know. Um, yeah, I guess in that case, then we should just continue on. How's Abbott doing in the tall grass, by the way? I'm assuming uh, he's probably in the cart. Yeah, okay. he could be in the cart or uh, bounding along, just having a blast. But my guess is that we would have put him in the cart. Okay. Yeah, so you're on your horses, and, you know, on the horses, the uh, the grass here is probably, you know, maybe, you know, brushing your ankles. So you think these gnolls probably saw you coming and then got down in the grass and ambushed you. Foolish gnolls. Dead gnolls. Let's just make our way to the river. So you are going to travel for probably about another four hours or so, and then you are going to see these tall pine trees uh, in the distance approaching you as you make your way to the river. You are able to make these trees um, by sunset, and judging from the maps you've seen, you've probably just got another maybe four or five hours before you reach the river. And is it getting dark? Um, By the time you hit the trees, it is. Okay, then maybe we should rest here, guys. And uh, we'll continue on tomorrow. Sounds good to me. Also, we have to figure out, are are we heading to Farish for a boat? Because I don't think the uh, cart is, we're going to be able to caulk the boat and uh, the wagon and float it across. Uh, I was thinking we'd head down river and if we can't thumb a ride, then we'll just make our way down to Farish. Yeah. Okay. Uh, everybody give me a history check. Actually, I think I had you do this last episode, but I can't remember the results of it. When it was. I'm not even going to bother Double making a history crack. check. You guys got this covered. <laughs> so uh, that's a 21 and a 23 from Malunados and Alexander. Um, you would know that they are some small um, fishing hamlets along the river here. Um, you know they have boats. You don't know how big they may be. Um, you don't know if there's like any sort of ferrying service across the river. Um, but you do know that there are spotted hamlets all along probably this river shore that people there make their living uh, on the river. All we need is a boat big enough to handle the horses and the cart. Yeah, if they don't and have anything they can carry us, we can uh, just go further down and ask the people to see if they know of any ferry services. Yep. All right, so uh, you're camping for the night? Uh, yep. Okay, so um, you sleep through the night. Um, you're going to hear various wild animals out in the woods. Uh, you hear an occasional wolf, but the night goes pretty uneventful um you wake up the next morning uh refreshed and ready for the next day excellent we make our way to the edge of the river then and i guess we'll take stock of what the river looks like what's around it um and then we'll head southwest and try and find a boat somewhere all right so you're going to travel maybe about four hours through these woods and you're going to hit the river 
around uh, 11 a.m. that morning. The river here is moving pretty quickly. Um, you can see um, some fish jumping out of it. When you look around, you don't really see anybody on the river as far as boats are concerned. Uh, the shore here is rocky, and there's only probably about maybe 50 feet from the shore to the tree line. Uh, you go up and fill your water skins, and the one thing that you notice about the water is it is freezing cold. You know, the morning was a little chilly here, um, but it's warmed up during the day. Um, but the water feels much colder than it should be. Hey, Juliet, want to go for a swim? <laughs> uh, after you. Okay. Uh, you think... Uh, uh, ring of breathing and walk into the water and look around. Okay, um, so you put on the ring and you walk down into the water and it is really, really cold. Um, are you getting underneath it? Yeah, looking in... The, the, the river. Seeing what's going on. Okay, so you get down in it, and it's kind of this uh, gentle slope, and then about 10 feet out from the shore, you're going to see a pretty steep drop off. Not all the light um, from the sun is uh, getting down there, so you can't really see the bottom of it, so you think it's probably pretty deep, um, but it is extremely cold water. Uh, you think if uh, you're down here for very long, you are going to start going into hypothermia. But I don't see anything going on. Uh, you see some fish swimming around. Some hmm. trout. I'll walk back out. Saying, oh, river looks normal. Probably just the mountain streams winter. <laughs> it's cold. And you're shivering as you say this. <laughs> Come on, little nuts. Put on a blanket. Dry yourself off. Uh, I guess we'll get going. Yep, so let's uh, head down toward Farish. Okay, so you dry off and you get the horses together, and you're traveling down through this uh, the strip of like rocky bank of this river, um, which is kind of like sandstoneish with some mud, as it lo- appears to have rained here recently. But it's not causing a really pro- a lot of problems for your travel. After about an hour in your journey southeast here, um, you are going to see some smoke um, rising to your southeast uh, along the shore. You mean southwest? Or southwest, I'm sorry. So you're going to travel for probably another hour, and you are going to come across this uh, hamlet. And um, you're going to see some kind of like, you know, not houses, but shacks that, you know, look like they were, you know, built at some point um, as shelters, and they've kind of expanded on them over the years. Um, They're nothing fancy. You see probably about 20 of these. Um, You are going to see some horses and some people working on nets and uh, some boats along the river that they have not really a dock but um, some posts that have uh, been put into the shore here that they've tied their uh, boats to 
Um, looking around, are you getting closer to this hamlet? Uh, Julia is going to cast Disguise uh, Self. And just just in case, because uh, take the, the image of a nice elf lady, the one that she had used previously in, uh, I forget which town. Ash- okay. Marsh, Asheville? Yeah. Anybody else do anything? Okay. Or are you just approaching the, uh, the village? Uh, Talia will will take on the appearance of a teenage boy again. Um. So, are you approaching the hamlet here? Uh. Yeah. All right. So you get about um fifty yards from it. Um. You are going to see that it appears to be mostly. Um, men here. We're going to see maybe a couple of women. They uh, uh, appear to um, live a pretty hard life. Um, they are definitely not dressed well. They kind of look like frontiers people. You are going to see closest to you um, two human men um, working on some nets and a dwarf that appears to be working on a boat. Are we talking like you know, fishing boat, or are we talking Noah's Ark here? Uh, this looks the what he's working on looks kind of like a like a flat river boat um, that is maybe twenty feet by uh, six feet. It appears to be oh, a flat wow. bottom boat. That would be perfect for us. Yeah, I would like to approach the dwarf working on the boat. Okay, so. They see your approach, and all three of them stand up. One of the humans is uh, going to uh, look at you, Alexander. What's your business? We're trying to find a way across the river. We were wondering if you uh, knew of any services uh, that could ferry us across. Uh, my friend here has got a boat. Doesn't do much ferrying. And the dwarf's going to speak up and say, I might be able to take you across the river for a price. Don't know I can take all of you, though. We don't need us all at once. Um, we have a, a couple of horses and uh, a carriage, if that's possible. If not, we can continue on our way. He eyes you up and down and then uh, looks at the group and says, Is this all of you? Um, I do a mental head counts, and then uh, given that all of us are here, I will tell him, yes, it's all of us. Hmm. Well, I'm just one man, and I've got a sizable boat over here, but I'll need some strong arms to help me get across. You're going to have to help. Yeah, we can do that. We are all very strong, except only one of us. <laughs> he looks at uh, Hugh as you say that, and he looks you up and down and just chuckles. <laughs> Whatever you say, Elf. He's going to look at you and do some uh, mental calculations and says, Well, probably take mm, maybe three trips to get you all across. It's going to take a lot of my day. Well, we'll take the fox and the cabbage first. It won't be a problem. What the hell are you talking about, Elf? Joke. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> That's that's fine. We'll we'll take the trip across. Uh, we're willing to pay you for your time. No, oh, yeah, of course you'll pay. I don't do anything for free, and we don't expect it to. So he takes a moment longer than I you up and down. So 
three trips across the river, ferrying you all back and forth. Hmm. Let's see. 40 gold. Sounds reasonable to me. What do you think about that, Julia? I think it sounds plenty reasonable. Uh, exactly how long would it take to get across uh, all for all of us? Yeah, it depends on how many of you are helping. It's a wide river, but if what? I was just doing by myself, probably 20 minutes each way. We are all more than willing to help where we can, although I don't believe any of us are experienced sailors of any kind. <laughs> I don't need you to navigate. I just need your arm to push an oar. Sure, we can absolutely do that. All right. And he points over to this uh, shack, and he says, grab an oar. Get your horses ready to move. And you look over, and there's this shack probably about 15 feet um, behind him. Um, there apparently is some fishing nets here, um, some buckets, and four oars that um, currently aren't being used. Perfect. Julia takes an oar. Before we get started, I'd see the color of your gold. It's gold. Take out the 40 gold pieces and give it to him. Alright. And he takes the money and puts it in a purse at his side. You see him go over to the uh, the raft and um, start tying it down to another pole um, to steady it so you can get the horses on it. And he says, we'll leave whenever you're ready. We're ready now. Uh, who wants to go first? I suggest we have a group go first, then we'll bring the carriage over and the horses, and then we'll bring the rest of us, so that way we can protect the carriage at all times. I think that I, um, I and Juliet should go over first. I completely agree with that idea. Okay. You load your horses on, and there's probably room for one more, and Nifron's going to uh, move his horse onto the platform, too, or onto the boat. Are you guys uh, grabbing oars? Uh, Juliet already has one. Sure, I'll grab one. Uh, Nifron does not. So um, you load onto the boat, and this uh, dwarf is going to unlash the um, ropes to the moorings and takes this long pole and pushes the boat out to the river. As soon as um, you're off this mooring, you're going to see this uh, the boat start to, you know, um, the current pick it up. But um, after about 10 minutes um, with uh, all of you rowing, you're able to make it to the shore to the northwest of you. Um, you unload and um, he's kind of uh, put this uh, boat up on the, um, the shore here to steady it and then he pushes back off and makes his uh, way over to the other side of the shore. So, who's going next? I'll go. I might have to go by myself, but we're taking a cart. Yeah, so you load it on there and there's not much room for anything else and the dwarf's gonna look at you and say, well, I guess it's just you and me. Grab an oar, elf. Uh, pick up him. So, uh, you push off. You guys make it over to the other side. So, who's left? Just Alexander? Yep. He comes over, picks you up. You guys are able to make it to the other side of the shore. And, uh, he drops you off. 
and says, uh, good doing business with you. What a warning, though. I don't know where you're going, but to the north, there's trouble with them elves. Keep your head low. I'm sure we'll find a way. Thanks for the tip. Uh, Thank you, Master Dwarf. And uh, he's just going to push off back out to the river and make his way over to the other side. So currently, you are going to find yourself uh, where I'm pinging on the map here. You are probably maybe an hour or two um, southwest of uh, Pirn. I guess our first order of business is to go to Pirn then. We have nothing else other than... It is kind of disturbing to hear elves having trouble. I mean, but he is a dwarf, so I'll take that with a grain of salt. Alunidox. Have you had a discussion with the rest of the party um, about what uh, Lagermouse told you? I have not, I don't think. So I'll go ahead and sit down and tell them, well, as we travel, actually before we start to travel, tell them that the wood elves and the so-called high elves have been arguing over uh, access to the fae. The uh, High Elves, probably because of troubles brought by the Ruin Axis followers, have uh, shut off access to the Fae, which is where Elves go for their adulthood rituals, and the Wood Elves are very unhappy about it. So that is the conflict taking place between the Elves. I mean, I don't think it really involves us, yeah? Well, we're traveling through woods toward Fae Elves. We're going to be encountering Elves of various kinds. I mean, that's reasonable. Uh, hopefully they don't mistake you for uh, one of the opposition. Um, Alunidas would also know from that conversation that um, the Wood Elves have been attacking people indiscriminately moving through their territory. Ah, I forgot about that. I will pass that along as well. <laughs> well, if they start it, we'll finish it. There are a lot more of them than there are of us. What do you suggest that we do? I don't know. Well, I mean, they're still intelligent beings. We can negotiate with them in some way, I'm sure. And uh, you're an elf. You should have some clout. I, 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 from the monastery. But you're still an elf. They'll recognize you. They'll see you as kindred. They might see me as the wrong kind of elf. We're not all the same, actually. Yeah, that's pretty racist, Juliet. I don't know. There have been plenty of comments on things like my weight and my strength and my scale color. I think I'm being pretty generous here. Reasonable. Uh, should we just like go around Perm or just try our way through? Well, I mean, we have to go through Perm. I don't think we can survive in the wilds too much longer. How much? How many supplies do we have? No, we got all of that dried fish. Um, you did yeah. resupply in uh, Hollis Point too. Yeah, Jared, or Jarek, or whatever his name is, gave us lots of food. Oh, that's right. But it might be best for us to make our way to Pern, and then from there to, to, to Lullum, and then try to find out the best way to get up to Feydale without getting ambushed by elves. I mean, just a little north, there is Fey Barrow. Maybe they would have bigger roads heading to Feydale? Probably. Yeah. Or elves don't really like roads and stuff, though. I mean, you might like, might not like roads, but our cart does. True. Um, do I know anything about this area, uh, Evan? I mean, I'm from the a monastery pretty much northwest of Feydale, and we're pretty isolated. I don't know how much I would know about 
geography or the politics of this area? Uh, well, let's find out. Give me a history check. Dang. Talia apparently knows everything. <laughs> Double crits. Keeping up with their studies. That's like four crits in a row. I've asked you to <laughs> make two rolls in this uh, episode so far. And it's just crit, crit, crit. All right. Got to so crit when it matters. Lunadosh, you would actually know quite a bit about this area. You would know that Pirin is a wood elf trading port. And they're a timber exporter. Being on the side of the river, they trade with a lot of people to the north, the south. Basically, everybody in this region. Anybody who would be wanting wood or people coming through the woods to trade in furs, even um, magical creatures that they've you know, found in the woods that they're selling components from them, be it blood or teeth or claws. You would also know that in this region that not exactly xenophobic um, in the best of times, they're not very welcoming of like strangers coming through this area in general. You would know that the elves in this area kind of consider these woods not exactly sacred, but protected. You would pretty much know just about every city here. Is anything any anything in particular you want to know? Uh, basically, what would be the best way to get to Feydel? I mean, is there a good path that we can take? Hopefully, negotiating with the Wood Elves, we can, in order to travel to Feydel. You would know if you were trying to negotiate with the Wood Elves that they don't exactly have like a like a king or you know leadership but there is kind of um a council um that would be overseeing some of like the movements of trade here and not exactly i wouldn't say leadership because they're kind of all spread out not exactly you know like anarchists but if you were trying to get advice from someone or, you know, talk to the respected people in this area, it would probably be in Lullen. Okay, I'll go ahead and pass that along. Lullen is probably where we should head next to try and find a way further north to fade in. Okay, that's we should be good to me. The, the elves really love their trees. But what else do anyway? I'm glad you caught that self-racism there. That's very progressive of you. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, we'll head to Pern, then we'll find a way up to Lullin. Uh I assume going by river is probably the best way, but I don't know if the river goes how it flows, so we might have to go across the river and then just head up by wagon. Uh, Lunados would know that the, the river flows down from these hills and forests and the tributaries out to the river. So Lullin's upstream. Okay, perfect. So we will head to... Pirn, right? P-I-R-N, not Pern, like I just yeah, said. Pirn. So you're going to travel for probably about four hours. You're going to see some uh, smoke rising to your northeast. About this time, the sun is starting to go down. It's not exactly dusk yet, but you think it's probably about an hour uh, until it reaches that. Before you, you are going to see a uh, town of maybe... You know, a hundred or so houses. As you reach the outskirts of it, 
you are going to see some clear-cut forests and some lumber mills uh, outside of town. As you pass that, you are going to start reaching the town proper uh, where you see muddy dirt streets here that go through town. As you go through, you are going to notice that most of the people out on the street here are elves. And while not outright hostile, you're getting some chilly looks from people as you walk through town. Okay, everyone play it cool. Um, Oh, the old be cool. (laughs) It's easy up in the north because it's cold up here. Oh my god, Alunados made a joke. Say what? No, it's just cold up here. (laughs) Alright, so maybe we should find, I don't know, someone, uh, maybe like a, a store to resupply well i guess what are we what are we doing here other than passing through maybe crossing the river there might be a bridge here appearing to get to the north side of this little tributary that would be nice yeah or some side of um or uh, some sort of fishing community that might be able to ferry us across again so what do we see do we see anything like that um give me a perception check good old 10 technically pass a 14 it's 16 for me we are making active checks, so those do not matter. Alunidas, uh, with your 16, you are going to uh, see up the street. And this isn't a very large town. There's probably only you know a quarter mile between one side of the town to the other side. You are going to see, while not exactly a queue, a couple of wagons that are lined up toward the north side. And it appears that they are going over a high arcing bridge that um, goes over this uh, large stream that is a tributary into this river. Look, a bridge. We don't have to go on boats to get across. A lunar dust points. I guess uh, we'll just cross the bridge, yeah? But for some reason, there's a line. As you get closer, you're seeing these, uh, these carts move across. And on either side of this bridge, there are two half-elves armed with uh, spears. They see you approach, and they're going to start walking toward you. Uh, We stop the cart, and Juliet is going to wave to them uh, with a friendly smile. I will start uh, walking forward to meet them. Okay. You get within probably about 10 feet. And uh, one of the half-elves is going to walk out in front of you and say, well, That's far enough. What business you got here in Pern? We're just passing through trying to get up north. Yeah. What business you got up north? Don't have many travelers like you these days. We're just adventurers trying to get to Fadel for more work. Huh. What work you got in Fadel? Adventuring? Well, we've heard a lot of troubles from around this area um, in general, and we're seeing if there's anything we can do to help out or, you know, just really just help out the situation and get to know the place. We've never been here before, so it's all unfamiliar and new and adventurous for us. Well, that depends on what side you're on now. Sounds like you're going to Fadel. You might be on the wrong side of things, as far as I see. What sides are you talking about, sir? I'd heard there was some conflict between the elves, but I thought they were coexisting peacefully. Isn't that what people normally do? 
damn snooty uh, high elves up there, they, you know, they shut off access to the thing. I don't know exactly that I should be letting somebody go through here. Gonna be up Fadel try to help them snooty bastards out. Well, like I said, we're trying to help out everyone, so... I mean, if you have any grievances, we could certainly present them out there. Huh. How far grievances gotta go back? Oh, it's been a storied history? I was under the impression it was recent. Well, I ain't gonna air the family laundry out in front of yous. That's reasonable. Um, I mean, although we are going up to Fado, we are on your guys' side. I think it's definitely not right that they have restricted access to the Fae to your side. Uh, Damn I like right, it ain't. Check. Yeah, give me a persuasion check. You mean deception? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> 16. So uh, he eyes you up and down. And he says, well, what exactly are you going to do for us? We will, whenever we, we go up there, Miss Ness, uh, we will abstain from taking anything that those snooty-ass high elves are going to put in our way. I'm not sure exactly what that means, mister. It means that we're not going to take jobs from them. Why are you going fade down first place? <laughs> awkward, uh, awkward eyes of uh, Juliet. Excuse Riley? me, sir. What's your name again? I, I didn't catch it. Mine is Juliet. I didn't give it, stranger. Ah, uh, well, uh, I just wanted to be very hospitable. Um, maybe there's something we can do for you to show our goodwill. Look, lizard lady, I'm about off my shift, and be honest, I don't give a shit what's going on up here, so... Tell you what, you give me 20 gold pieces, I'll just let you cross. Pretend this never happened. How does 15 work for you? How's 30 work for you? And at that time, you're going to see this other health light come up and grab his spear and put it in two hands. Um, you're kind of getting the feeling that you're being shut down right now. <laughs> I think if this goes on any further, I think it's going to turn out worse for you than me. 30 for an intimidation. 35 gold pieces. Uh, Even with the 24 and intimidation? Yikes. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see that intimidation check. You say that, and he's like, all right, all right, all right. 20 gold. 10, I never saw you. Sure. I hand him 20 gold. So you give him the money, and he does this, like, mocking bow as he lowers his spear and, and raises or points his hand to the bridge as in you know go on i motion for everyone to follow and start crossing the bridge i think that went well yeah julia definitely sticks her tongue out at him from uh, when he's not looking uh you turn around to do that and you see him flipping you off <laughs> <laughs> nice lizard lady Oh my See, god. See what I had wanted to say, but Shane was Shane was doing a great job of actually negotiating. What I had wanted to say was, um, how about you don't charge us anything, Cletus, and we'll let you keep your teeth. Ooh, what's oh. left? But see, that coming from a twelve year old yeah. <laughs> mean jack shit. <laughs> Until she starts Wait, pulling out all of her knives. Well my intimidation be flying. Yeah, no, I would have been he would have thought it was adorable. That was an investigation check, but yeah. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Hold on, hold on. Nope, still adorable. <laughs> yeah, your intimidation role is no better than your investigation. I was tempted to use charm person, but I didn't want to get him too mad at us, and you guys seem to be handling it. Also, yeah, I'm not he did sure not how well that works taking, on elves. He did not seem to be taking no for an answer. 
like our our wussy uh, excuses. Granted, we have no business up there. We no, don't the exactly. Um, we're north of the river. Let's make our way up to uh, Lowen. And while we're traveling, what is our cover story? Should we just go ahead and say that we are here to um, spy on Faydale for Carnley? That sounds or like we just say we're adventuring. I don't. I don't. I thought we were sticking with the whole merchants or traveling entertainers thing, but I guess not. Yeah, but the Wood Elves are really hostile to Faydale. So if we indicate that we're hostile to Faydale, it'll make it easier for us to get through the woods to Faydale. That's fair. Um, I don't know how much people trust spies, but I will leave the talking up to you guys if you want to make a cover story like that. I think being adventurous is reasonable enough. I mean, because if we make it sound like we're really on their side, they might ask us to do something unreasonable. Mm, let's just say we're thieves looking to rob tombs. I don't rob, think rob that's a real good cover story at all. <laughs> I think that's just naturally frowned upon in every culture. <laughs> but if we're robbing the high elves, they might like it. Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, I'm just gonna just gonna put that out there. I mean, we look like adventurers. We have things. We have weapons like adventurers. Who's to say that we aren't adventurers going up there? What was it that uh, you told the that we were adventurers heading up there to resolve issues and help out? No, there was like a specific thing that you told. Like after you killed the paladin, and you were on your way to Hollis Point. You met that group of adventurers that were taking Historian. So I think it was. They were taking the manicore to Carnley. Oh, right. Someone else did the talking for that, I'm pretty sure. I don't remember. Anyway, that's probably something you need to figure out, like, right now. (laughs) (laughs) I vote for ploying up as adventurers. What say ye? But, but what are we going Adventures. to Faydale for? Adventures. Experiencing, uh, experiencing, experiencing different cultures. Humanitarian efforts. Grinding wolves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we we need something that will make them want to speed us on our way or just ignore us. And I don't know that adventures by itself would be enough to make them ignore us. Um, may I make a... Would it be a history check? Um, a knowledge check to see if I know of like surrounding issues of Fadel besides the issues with the elves. Give me a history check. Eight. Basically, the only thing that you know is what Alinidas has uh, conveyed to you that he learned from Lagermouse. Is there any... Guys, do you know of anything that uh, that's happening around here that we might be able to use as a guys? Maybe we need to get into the Feydale, or the, into the Fey, the Shadow, Shadow Wild, whatever it is. Uh, it'd be the Fey Wild. The Fey Wild, there we go. And thus, our fight to get into the Feywild is sort of aligned with their desire to be able to get into the Feywild. 
Alunados, that sounds like something that you could be an expert on. Uh, you're, you're coming of age, and you need to go to the Feywild. And, uh... That sounds like an excellent idea. So I have been traveling with you to learn about the world. Coming of age, I need to go into the Feywild. Thus, my fight is their fight. And we're getting married. And we're... They, um, Let's, let's not do that part, I guess. Oh, yikes. I don't know, I thought that was kind of a theme that we were going with, but uh, I guess coming of age, maybe that's not the best idea. I think the coming of age makes sense. I was just making a joke on how you suggested it, and he was like, eh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or you can't get <laughs> that's married. That, that's in, what I was going Or you can't get married until you prove yourself a uh, an adult. Yeah, there you go. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that seems like a perfect idea. Shame we don't know anything about the Feywild, so we can describe what you're supposed to do there. Um, we can research it. So, what exactly is the coming of age ceremony, Alirinus? I just rolled a history check because, I mean, I, as a member of the monastery, wouldn't have had to do anything to do with that. But I might have learned about it at the monastery. Kevin? Um, so with an 18, although you haven't been a part of this kind of, not like warrior culture, but it's kind of like a an ascension to Elven society in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. So you would know that there is this, this coming of age that happens with elves who reach around 80 years old that they go to the Feywild in this region to test their their knowledge, their cunning, their strength of being able to put all this stuff together, prove that um, they are able to be a useful part of their societies. Uh, you would know it uh, requires as much survival skills as it is uh, knowledge and reasoning but you don't know exactly what those challenges would be once you get to the Feywild so it's a test of survival in the Feywild of some kind how old are you? Uh, that's not a very polite question to ask (laughs) it lives for like forever I'm about three or four times older than the normal person going through there uh. <laughs> um, you would also know that while there is some weakening between the planes here, there is what they call the Fey Gate, that is basically a portal between the Prime Material and the Fey Wild, somewhere to the southeast of Feydel. But you don't know exactly where it is. So, should we pull it off as a. So you're trying to do your coming of age ceremony. Uh, maybe we could convince the those pesky wood elves to let you into the Feywilds and go in. The wood elves the don't people. have control over that. The high elves and Feydale. Uh, high elves, my bad. Maybe something even more simple. Uh, the story is that you're trying to marry Juliet. What if you're just trying to get permission from the council or something like some governing body? I am a rogue high elf on my way to challenge my 
family or something? Uh, sure. I don't know. I, I think Find the coming of age thing, so long as nobody looks too close at my you know, age lines, notices I'm like a 35-year-old trying to go through a bar mitzvah, um, <laughs> then I think that would probably be the simplest. Yeah, I think it's reasonable enough. So I guess we're on our way to Lullin. Okay, so <clears throat> you make it to the other side of the bridge here. And Alunidas would know from this point that Lullin would be to the northwest. At this point, by the time you make it over the bridge, um, there is a path that you know, runs along the river. To the north of you is this heavily wooded area. Um, at this point, uh, the sun is just about ready to go down. So if you're going to make camp, it's probably... Uh, the time to do it, unless you're going to try to press through all night and try to make it to Lullin in the morning. I think we should camp. Yeah, let's camp. Yep. Okay, so you camp for the night. Don't really run into any issues. Um, you hear some Ooh. wildlife in the woods. Go ahead. Can I spend uh, two uh, three hours trying to train Abbott? Uh, yeah. What are you trying to train him to do? I want to train him a command that'll make him go back to the cart. Okay. Give me a animal handling check. 18. So, yeah, after about an hour, um, you think he's got it. Cool. Okay, so if I'm spending a couple hours, can I try to train him something else? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, excuse me. I would like to get in here for a moment. I would like to start playing the flute and give her bardic inspiration. Nice. You're the best. <laughs> <laughs> Inspired. All right. Um, then the next thing I would like to try to uh, finish teaching him, since he only kind of knows it, is um, come. Okay. Uh, give me a animal handling check. That's. I crit. will not be using my bardic inspiration on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, you're spending this time doing this, and Alexander is playing the flute. And Abbott kind of gets distracted a couple times, but uh, this, um, you think he's got pretty solid. Uh, and then I'd like to train one more time. Like, I'll just take the first shift of, of watch and continue training him for one more to try to train him to sit. I will bardically inspire again. Um, that carries over. You don't have to do it again. Uh, I thought it, it only lasts for 15 minutes. Oh, okay. Or like something like that. It's, it's a short time frame. All right. And then, uh, how do I use my bardic inspiration again, because I'm dumb? It should be 1d6 at this level, right? So, 15. Um, yeah, you think he's got that. Cool. And then I will, I assume by that point, my shift will be over and I'll go to bed. Yep. It's actually a d8 at this level. I'm she pretty sure it's anyway. still only a d6. Uh, it becomes a d8 at 5th level, d10 at 10th, 12th, d12 at 15th, and it lasts 10 minutes. Then it would have been an 18. Yeah, it's still plenty high enough. Uh, is there anything anyone else wants to do? Juliet, do you want to look through any books? I know you were looking through the letters about the organization of the um, Vanguard. Yes, I'd like to take another crack at figuring out uh, any key details of it, because I didn't do a very good job, and I'm willing to bet my next role will probably also be the same, but I'm going to try anyway, because... If, if history has told me anything, failing once is not the end of the world. 
but failing every single time probably is, so let's keep it. So I'm going to say that probably over the course of the past couple of days, you've been spending a little time each night looking at this, so give me an investigation check with advantage. Oh my god, something above a 10. A 17, which I guess is a 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me a... Oh, so with uh, advantage would have been 6. So with 19... Yeah, you're starting to actually start uh, piecing um, the connections together here. And if you look at this chart right here, you are able to start getting all the names together and the connections that they have to each other through the correspondences and uh, different ledgers where you're seeing the connections. So Interesting. It, so it appears at the top of this organizational chart uh, that you're seeing, you are just seeing the initials KF and it appears that this uh, correspondence is being sent to a KF in Merrillish um, towards the top of this organization below this person that people are reporting to is uh, Uriel uh, Tabash and Lascaine or you Kopesh in Kopesh or uh, Ori Kopeshi, I'm sorry, in Kopesh. Um, below them, you're seeing Grad Mage uh, Pharrell in Carnley, and then a Leah Aerith in Gresson, and a Petrie Rhine in Merilesh. Uh, below them, you're seeing a Harold uh, Kilimalde in Elson, and then a Damal Silverwind in River Run. A Barrow Tamalde in Northhold, a Damon Jull in Mountainhold, and then below them you're seeing a Erelesh Demold in Sunshire, a Falk Curran in Dornmoth, and then someone who you've become familiar with is Orin the Companion, who seems to have connections to and correspondence with all these people. Huh. Alright. And then, um, hold on just a second. So from um, what you can understand is uh, this uh, Uriel is the master of spies. This Kopeshi is actually the prince of Kopesh. Grand Mage Forel, which you've heard of before, is the Grand Mage in the Isle of Insight. Uh, this Leah Erath and Gresson is the Marshal General there. The Petrie Rhine uh, is the Master of Trade. Uh, the Hera Himalde in Elson is a shipping magnate. The Damol Siverwin in Riverrun is a merchant. Barrow Tamalde is a merchant in Northhold. Damon Jill is in uh, a mining magnate. Irelesh Demold is a court wizard in Sunshire. And Falk Hurin is a priest of Avandra. Uh, and then, of course, Orin the Companion is one of the companions. And I'll put that um, all in a document where you can see. Sounds good. Thank you. And that's about all you can do for that night. And this is like the culmination of everything you've been researching over the past, you know, a few days and weeks. You're making your notes. And then tonight, all of it finally comes together as far as like the organizational charts concerned and who these people are and where they are. So does anyone else want to do anything? I'm good. I'm fine. I don't have anything to do. All right. So I guess everybody settles down for the night. 
and takes the rest and you get up the next morning and uh, continue on your way. So you make uh, your way towards Lullen and you're going to travel to probably about noon and everybody give me a perception check. My little eye. Alright, so um, you travel along uh, this path by the river. It kind of widens out and you've got some trees on your left and your trees on your right. Out of nowhere, up in front of you, you are going to see three wood elves appear in a clearing in front of you. And um, you are going to see arrows spring up in front of your path, probably about five feet in front of uh, the person up in front. And you're going to see three elves dressed in brown leathers holding bows up in front, probably about 50 feet in front of you. And then a tall elf in the middle knocks another arrow, but his uh, bow is low and he holds up his hand for you to stop. All right, we uh, stop suddenly. I'm sure the horses whinny and complain, but... I was going to shout, uh, good morning. <laughs> this tall uh, elf's going to turn to uh, his companions here and say, well, butter my way, bread fellas. Who do we have here? Some interlopers coming into our wood. What y'all doing here? Y'all should know this ain't the time nor place for strangers to be conveying up here in these woods. I'll hear you answer before we turn y'all into porcupines. We're making our way up north to try and get our uh, our friend here access to the face so he can do his coming of age ceremony. Huh. Is that so? Well, you should know ain't nobody going on up here. Them damn high elves got it blocked up. Surrounded, guarded. Ain't nobody going in up there. I'm sure we can talk them out of it. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Ain't nothing short of air gonna be talking them out of that. Who's your friend you talking about here? And then he gives uh, a look uh, along your, your party and sees the wounded us up in the cart. Surely you ain't talking about that old man up there. I've been away for a while. Seems like it. What you doing up in here? You been out in the world? You don't hold our kin to ways no more. Well, if you want to get married, then you have to be an adult. Yeah, you should took care of that a long time ago. Hell, your parents should have told you that. I don't like them very much. They live too close to Faydale. They're jerks. You about got the look of high off to me, boy. Got them high cheekbones. I'm a wood elf. I just don't like Faydale. Well, you should know ain't nobody coming through here. I'd say just turn around and go wherever you come back to. You ain't gonna get well, nothing but trouble up here. We can deal with trouble, but we're going, we're going up there. <laughs> Not if I got anything to say about boy. And uh, he is going to pull his bow up, and you'll see the other other two elves beside him pull their bows. Give me a perception check. Um, crit. As they raise their bows, you are going to hear some noises in the woods, and you look around, and you are starting to see some wood elves surrounding 
you basically <laughs> by your count you probably think there's at least two dozen wood elves in the woods in these tree lines here hmm. uh, Talia's gonna speak up and say look we're not looking for trouble how what troubles found you little through? girl give me one good reason why we shouldn't light you up right now how much gold you- do you want I ain't interested in no gold not even a thousand that gives him pause. Thousand gold, you say? If it'll get get us th- through these woods safely for the rest of our journey, yeah, thousand uh, I, gold. I can't promise that. I promise we might let you go. But you gotta understand, it ain't safe to be out in these woods right now. I mean, if not us, them damn high elves out there. You know, I think you've got a misunderstanding there, Wood Elf. You know, if you unlatch those arrows right now, I don't think... I think you misunderstand which side of ours is going to be winning here. I would like to roll an intimidation check. Tully's going to look at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? There's too many of them. (laughs) Fourteen. Yeah. So so you say that this tall Wood Elf is going to look at you seriously for a moment, and then he's just going to start laughing... And then these other two elves are going to start laughing. And then you're going to start hearing laughter out in the woods as these other wood elves that are currently surrounding you start chuckling as well. They just give away their location. We know where they all are now. Put them on the map. This uh, tall wood elf's going to say, Human, (laughs) I don't think you're in any position to be making threats to me. Just when I was starting to get to like a little girl with her gold. I'm rather adorable, and I can continue to be adorable if we can come to some kind of understanding. All I understand right now is you're trying to move up through our woods, and like I said, it ain't safe. As far as I'm concerned, is, y'all could just turn around and go back wherever you went to. Is there a safe way to fade ale from here? <laughs> I don't know if there's any safe way for anybody through here right now, much less wood elves or high elves. I mean, uh, I wouldn't... That's be, our I wouldn't problem, well, I think your problem, you just met it. Look, I'm under orders. Personally, I don't care what the hell y'all people do. But Orders from who? Well, from my chief. Can we talk to him? <laughs> well, I, I... I... I promise that not my group won't try to cause any trouble if you just take us to him so that we can talk to him. Uh, give me a persuasion check. Oh, dear. Oh, she has high persuasion. Uh, 14. He looks at you for a minute and says, Huh, I don't know. I mean, not that you're much of a threat, but y'all are all heavily armed, and I don't know how well Colin would be taken to me bringing you strangers up in Lullen. What if we promise to leave our arms in in the cart? Just us. Uh, He considers for a moment. Uh, give me another persuasion check. Fifteen. Well, maybe we could come to some sort of deal. So you give me a hundred gold, I'll take you up low. I feel like that's very reasonable, sir. So, uh, he's gonna nod. I hope you have to understand. I can't let an armed party up in Lowen, so he's gonna have to hand over your weapons. We're going to hand them over, but we'll put them in the cart and let your men draw the cart. There's kind of a lot of weapons. All right. 
And then Talia's not, she's not going to take the ones out of her sleeves uh, just yet, but she's going to start taking all of her daggers out of their various hiding places. Okay. See anybody else uh, disarming and putting their weapons in the cart? Absolutely. I just drive the cart. I guess. Yeah. That tall wood elf's going to say, well, I'm going to have to have one of my men drive the cart. You can have your elf over there double up on one of your horses or he can walk, but we're not going to let you have access to your weapons till we get this all sorted out. We still have an extra horse. <laughs> We've never gotten rid of Chimney. <laughs> all right on Chimney. Um, you jump up on Chimney and one of these uh, elves um, gets in the cart and uh, pushes it forward and um, you're going to see these uh, elves move into the woods and jump on horses and then uh, behind you uh, you're going to see probably about two dozen elves on horses come out of the woods so yeah you were completely surrounded and outnumbered you're traveling and um, this elf is going to come up beside you and uh, he moves his horse up to you and says you gotta understand there's no hard feelings we're just in a heightened state right now. I mean, there's been a lot of conflict been going on between us and the high elves up there because they've been taking over the Fey Gate. My name's Balin, by the way. Here are you. I'm Luno, and I get it. High elves are bastards, coded bastards with a crippled bastard. Thing. He says, you code switching on me, boy. I've been elected for a long time. They don't want to go Why ain't that the truth? Look, see, I understand your situation. I, I got a boy myself. He's been trying to be a man for a little bit now, but he can't get up there to prove himself at the fake game. So, I mean, I know what you're going through. I mean, that's the only reason why I'm, I'm bringing you all up to Lowen in the first place. Now, mind you, all I can do is introduce you to the chief. You know, where it goes from there is up to him. And even then, I mean, you're going to be on your own. I do appreciate it. So, about another hour goes along, and um, you're going to make it up to Lullen, and um, there is a river here to, or a trip, or stream, I guess you would say, to your left as um, you approach this village up here. This appears to be a much larger village. Um, there's probably about 300 homes um, that you see that are pretty well built. They are kind of log cabin homes. You walk through the streets here and you're kind of getting, you know, the eyeball with having this escort of these uh, other elves, but, you know, nothing's outright hostile until you come to this uh, large um, wooden log home in the center of the town. From there, Bellin's going to uh, motion you for all of you to dismount and the guard of uh, elves come up behind you and they form kind of like a semicircle around you and this uh, large wood home. And at this point, there's been a kind of uh, large gathering of all the townsfolk that are seeing this display of people being led up the street that, you know, for the most part, kind of odd races to them that they haven't seen in a while, being humans and dragonborn. Bellin is gonna say, Y'all wait here. I'm gonna go in real, real quick. I'm gonna talk to Colin, see if he can talk to you. And he uh, walks into the 
log home, or this log building. Um, he's in there for probably about five minutes. And he uh, comes back out. He says, well, Colin will see you. And motions you to come into the building. All right, we head on in. You walk up, and there's like um, this uh, log building is elevated, and you walk up three steps. And you walk inside, and it's kind of uh, like this um, open space that has some um, fire pits in the middle that um, smoke's rising out of them to the outside and the ceiling. Inside is kind of roughly furnished um, with some oil lamps and some crude chairs with furs on it. And at the top of the hall here, you are going to see large grizzled elf large for an elf i mean very muscular who is sitting at a table he's dressed in this uh black leather armor and has a long sword at his back and he's talking in low tones to uh three other elves that are at this table as he, he sees you come in he looks up and things get quiet and uh, i think that's probably a pretty good place to end it right there Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dungeons & Debacles podcast. If I could ask a halfling-sized favor, give us a 5-star rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way to support us. New episodes come out every Monday, so make sure to check your podcast app. Do you have an idea to make the podcast better? Tell us about it on Twitter or Facebook. You can also check out our website to see all the maps, lore, and characters at DungeonsAndDebaclespodcast.com. And now a word from our fantasy sponsor. The hammer gets you what they owe. Have you or a loved one who is a practitioner of the magical arts been injured by lead-based ink? I'm Hamish the Hammer, and I can get you the gold you deserve. I'm a wizard, and I need nimble fingers and a sharp mind. Lead ink took that from me. There was no warning of the side effects of lead on the bottle, and someone must be held responsible. Going to the town guard or petitioning the leader of your village takes too long when you need gold now. My professional team of negotiators gets to the root of the problem and persuades them to do the right thing. I don't get paid unless you do. Send a raven with a message about your problem to Luskane, care of Hamish the Hammer, for a free consultation. The Hammer gets you what they owe. All right, so um, you make those changes. He's playing cards on roll 20. That is Shane. Alexander, put away the cards. So, I don't know how to delete it. <laughs> I can't get rid of it now either. <laughs> he might have, have to we learned? through all the cards. Oh, God, what are you guys doing? Stop. I don't know. Cards. I clicked on a random thing in the UI, and I can't get rid of it. Okay. Everything's falling apart at the seams. Okay, we'll leave that for later. <laughs> so, how many months do you think it's been since I got Abbott? Um, I don't know. Got him it's back be... on the Isle of Insight. Just after, just after the, uh, just after the Isle of Insight. Uh, in that case. See, we walked from Insight up to uh, the place where we killed that dwarf. Then we crossed the desert on our way up to Ashmarsh. Made our way through the tomb. Then we made our way... It's been a couple months, I would think. So Abbott's probably 
That's what I'm, yeah, I'm thinking, because if he's anywhere near five months old, six months old, something like that, he'd be 80 to 100 pounds. And he's going to start humping everything in sight. Yeah, I need to get him somewhere to nip those suckers off. Nah, leave him on there. He'll be more aggressive. Uh, Fair enough. Um... And it's not like yeah, there's like, a fantasy SPCA. Like I, I, I'm, I'm, I get the feeling that we all think he's like this adorable tiny puppy, when in reality he's like bigger than my current dogs, which are full grown. <laughs> he's bigger than Talia, I think, at this point. Uh, he does weigh more than Talia. If he's five months old, he weighs more than Talia at this point. So he's some kind of mastiff, was it, or a wolfhound? I can't remember. I wanted him to be a wolfhound, but they only have mastiffs in the game, so he's a mastiff. I don't know what kind of mastiff he is. I would love if he was a Tibetan mastiff or something similar. Uh, but I'm guessing probably like an English mastiff or a bull mastiff would probably be would probably be closer. Well, I mean, only have mastiffs in the game. Kevin can make him let you get whatever kind of dog he wants to let you get. I just can't remember what you settled on once upon a time. FYI, Juliet was about to learn the hard way that elves have advantage on saving throws against being charmed. Oof, that is something I did not take into account. Yeah, probably would have turned out worse than me lightning bolting the thunder dragon. (laughs) Alright, I'm back. Welcome back. Welcome. So, we were just discussing, how long has it been since we got uh, Abbott? Uh, At this point, probably you've been on the road for... Maybe three months, I think. Could you so spend probably quite- be about five months old? Uh, that sounds about right. Okay, so just so we know, and so that you can calculate it if we do get into a fight, as a Mastiff, he'd be about 80 pounds. Okay. He is no longer a small dog. Uh, we'll need to write Seven up some years. stats for him. Not that I plan on getting him into a fight any time soon, but God's forbid it does happen, I don't think that he'd have just a hit point at this point. Um, you may not have a choice in it if uh, <laughs> he um, like decides to jump into a fight. Yeah. Uh, while we're in town, I'm definitely going to do some more uh, training with him. We also got to get him armor. We do have to get him. Can we get him? Okay. See, that's such and a magic good idea. Teeth. It would have to be magic armor, though, so it could grow with him. Because I don't want to keep buying him armor every month. Um, you may have to buy that or enchant it. Damn, for once, Mage Boy would have actually been useful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I kind of set that up that if you were looking for something, you could have done something like that if you spent enough time there. But you didn't bring the cat staff to my attention until after we'd already left, jerk. Oh, that's an (laughs) artifact, man. You're not gonna... (laughs) Oh, so we can't just have five of them so that we can all... Wreak havoc as a as a clouder. Are you high? <laughs> <laughs> it would be so much fun. Yeah, and then everybody listening to the podcast would be like, "Okay, well, this is off the fucking rails. I'm out." <laughs> right. <laughs> fair. What was fair. what was that series series starring all cats? Was it Warriors? It was some book series. Uh, I know cats? there was a random encounters from Drugs and Dragons that was the secret life of cats. <laughs> there was a podcast. There were cats in the Redwall series. Uh, that's true. They weren't they all evil though. No, there were lots of good cats. The bobcats are evil. Oh, okay. evil-ish. Anyway, which I got. I got to say, I didn't plan on you guys like coming up with your backstory, but I was like, yeah, 
Lunadas's like backstory is actually probably going to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lay for a while. Had to learn how to talk like them low country folk. You done code. You done code switch on them hillbillies. <laughs> the music you heard in this episode was "Long Road Ahead," "Folk Round," "Water Prelude," "Crowd Hammer," "The Forest and the Trees," "Private Reflection," "Majestic Hills," and "Village Consort" by Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. CreativeCommons.org/slash/licenses/slash/by/slash/3.0.